You have just been invaded by... Hey there guys, this is DJ Slope from Slope's Game Room and you're listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show recorded live on Twitch with my co-host Grizzly Cryden. If you like the podcast and you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. And if you have any particular news stories that you would like us to cover in a future episode, then please do let us know in the dedicated rooms over on Discord. Plus, if you are listening to the podcast on any of the many podcast services around the world, then please do give us a little review. It really does help us spread our wings and get into the earlobes of plenty of other podcast goers. Anyway, enough of the plugs. Let's get on with the show. Oh, yes. So, Grizzly. Ah, it's time for Slopescast, mate. Do you want to read us through the six topics of conversation that we're going to be chatting about tonight? Nah, I don't feel like it. No? No, no, I'll I'll go ahead. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. It's the end of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so on tonight's Slopescast, we have six topics for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Starting off with uh, Toshiro Nagoshi. Uh, and his rumoured departure from Sega, and I'm going to emphasise the word rumour. Yes. Um, we're going to look at Saints Row and plenty more from this year's Gamescom opening night. Big, big um, topic, that one. There's a lot to talk about. Bit of a favourite from uh, Slopes and I, Val Faris, uh, is getting the sequel treatment, which is very exciting uh, because it's a underrated dre- uh, underrated gem oh, of such a, a good game. modern indie title. Beautiful game. Then... Of all things, Google Maps has been ported more times than Skyrim, um, but this time it's going to the Nintendo NES for the first time. For real as well. It is. Not that April Fool's rubbish. Then we have the Simpsons arcade game and various others from Arcade 1UP. And we're also going to do a little bit of a top five because... What people may not realise is that it's actually been 30 years since the Super Nintendo launched. 30 in years, Japan and eh? America. So. Yeah, yeah, talk about a few memories with that. That'll be good. I'm happy for that one. Definitely, definitely. And yeah, we've got, like I say, quite a few topics to be talking through today. And guys, please do keep your ears open because if you type in the name Toshihiro uh, Nagoshi, I said that right, didn't I? Toshihiro Nagoshi. Uh, I, I'm, yes, yes, I believe that is as correct as we can possibly do with our English tongues. <laughs> yeah. Um, you go type that in on Google or anywhere like that, on YouTube, any all, all the big major search engines, and everyone is saying he's leaving Sega. There's like no, uh, no if or buts about it. The man's leaving. But guys, we're here to tell you that you don't want to listen to them completely. Completely. Take it with the biggest grain of salt that you're going to choke on. Um, Because it might not be true. So we'll go straight into that first topic. And um, I know you're the one that's been talking about this a lot. And I know there's a few people in the Discord. uh, Shout out to Creamy Elephant. Um, Yes. uh, Yes, uh, that have been looking into this. Massive, massive Yakuza fan he is. Um, I'm I'm a big big fan of him, Toshihiro Nagoshi, uh, outside of the world of Yakuza. I love Yakuza. I mean, I I like Yakuza, but I'm... More of a fan of his uh, uh, other stuff he's worked with with Sega. He's, he's a major part, a major tentpole in the uh, 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 yeah in, in, in the world of Sega. But uh, yeah, let, let, let's talk about 
these final negotiations, as all of the uh, headlines are uh, stating. You go for it, mate. Yeah, so uh, so this is what is rumoured, mm-hmm. emphasising that word for a good reason. Um, it's rumoured that um, Toshiro Nagoshi uh, will be leaving Sega to join NetEase, which is a large um, Chinese uh, conglomerate uh, gaming company that's worked previously with the likes of Activision and Blizzard to bring World of Warcraft to the Far East and various others. Mm-hmm. Um, so people might have also seen in the news today that China's government has actually brought in a gaming uh, gaming ban. Yeah, it's not quite um, not quite <laughs> a full on ban. It's more of a case of that anyone under the age of eighteen is unable to play a online rated game. Uh, for more than three hours a week or one hour a day, which is uh, quite restrictive, especially if you are Netties, who deals a lot in microtransactions. Oh, so. yes. Well, you think that would work. Like Most of these games, like you, you can only play for about an hour, and then you've run out of lives. You either pay for more lives, uh, whatever type yeah. of game it is you're doing, uh, or you have to grind to be able to get yourself further on. Um, so if you're only allowed to play it for an hour a day, it's like <laughs> yeah, these companies aren't going to make any money. <laughs> That's exactly the reason why mm. uh, they don't um, that they that the Chinese government has stepped in. They're actually battling against gaming addiction and the spend yeah. as a result of. So, um, yeah, it makes it strikes me as a bit weird because one, it's like a massive part of their income. The, the Chinese government gets a, a bit off the top of each company that works over there. Every factory, every game development company, every small transaction goes through the government in some way um so yeah it is a bit on the odd side uh sorry i just heard yeah it's no way it's not great it's fine (laughs) um so um yeah it it strikes me as a bit weird because it feels like they're going to lose quite a lot of income but what i do love about that decision is that we're going to see a massive shift in products from china and I think this is going to be nothing but a good thing for us people in the West because when things aren't going to go so well for online games, that mm-hmm. means that there might be more of a push to single-player experiences. There goes Craig. Um, so it leads me to believe that we might actually see more stuff like Black Myth Wukong, which we discussed a couple of podcasts ago. So I think, yeah, that could be a good thing. And that also might explain... Sorry. Thanks, Craig. That go. might also explain why we are seeing a potential move from uh, Toshi and Nagoshi, because there's a lot of money in this kind of decision. And we're also talking about the potential for, you know, almost like artistic freedom yeah game in china it's it you know a lot of these um uh, a lot of these people end up moving not necessarily moving on but at least even within their own company moving into different areas um uh even even like the biggest uh, shigeru miyamoto you know i mean he hasn't touched anything for so long because he's been looking at more uh, uh different developments outside of the world of gaming to do with nintendo in more recent years um but uh, i mean yeah this guy's an absolute legend it's Definitely something you need to be taking with a grain of salt. The guy, as you said, who's actually uh, put this forward isn't exactly um, yeah. 100% to be trusted. I mean, you know, I'm sure that, you know, there might be a nugget of truth to it. Um, but until it happens, there's no reason to be worried about it. But this is why we wanted to talk about it, because um, we have information and looking at the, the guy's back catalogue of rumours. Uh, and they're not 100%, really. Let's put it yes. that way. Yes. So... 
quite famous amongst this guy's rumours. So the guy we're talking about is a journalist known as Takashi, sorry, Takashi Mochizuki. Mm-hmm. I apologise if I mispronounced that because, well, you know, this is what it is. Um, his, he is quite famous for leaking video game industry uh, information and mm-hmm. also just tech in general. Um, so some of his snippets, some of his like absolute perlers, as we like to say in the UK, have uh, come around a certain Nintendo console, which was rumoured recently. That being, of course, the Nintendo Switch Pro. <laughs> Talking about yeah. the Switch Pro being 4K, DLSS equipped, better CPU, more memory, blah, blah, blah. And we all know how well that went. Yes. Well, it, so, it, was, it, it went brilliantly for all those YouTubers that talked about it. Ching-ching! <laughs> 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 So um, he also t- yeah. he also talks about other things such as iPhones having curved screens, uh, none of which came true. However, I will say mm-hmm. he does have a track record of also getting a few things right. So, being fair to the guy, being fair to uh, Nagoshi-san, um, is we just want to take it with a pinch of salt for now. Yeah. Uh, but we just wanted to make you aware and talk about something Sega related this week. So Because I love I love me some Sega. It's almost it's uh it's it's in the it's in the contracts. We have to talk about Sega weekly. Um and yeah, there yes. you go. Uh so we have either that or a Sonic Colors delay, which yeah. We don't want to hear about that. We don't want to hear about that. Yeah. Although while we've got this guy, this uh this beautiful fifty six year old on the screen. I hope yeah. I look that good at fifty six. Uh, and he, he's got, he, he looks like he's like um, a part of a gang, you know. He's got the ear stud. He's got the uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, the leather jacket. Man. <laughs> that is the look of a man who's worked on Shenmue, Virtual Racing, and Virtual Fighter for sure. And, and yeah, that, that's the thing. When you look down this this guy's back catalogue, of course, Yakuza's the big one right now. But for me, Virtual. I mean, he's worked on these at different levels. I mean, uh, the vast majority is like a producer. Uh, so he's had like a hardcore holding. Uh, on a lot of these games. And not everyone's good. We'll get to those in a moment. But um, yeah, massive part of Sega's DNA. So obviously you've got Yakuza, Virtua Racing, the Daytonas, primarily Daytona USA, uh, the Super Monkey Ball series. Uh, I know it was one of his major projects back in the day and probably one of the most favorite things he's ever worked on for me. Uh, F-Zero GX though. Oh, F-Zero oh, yeah. GX, man. Definitely. Uh, a bit of Shenmue was in there. Knight's uh, Journey into Dream. So that's the Wii version, the second Knight's game. Uh, Fantasy Star, Bayonetta, Space Channel 5 Part 2, Tembo, which is a majorly underrated game. It's like Shinobi, but you're a, a fat animated elephant. Brilliant game. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. Binary Domain. Do you remember that game? That went too bad. That went too shabby, that game. People don't talk about that, that was, game. Uh, that was uh, like... Top draw, um, middle shelf gaming that was by New Jermaine. Yeah, definitely not something that would you consider AAA, but definitely something worth picking up on the discount, you know. And I did see a lot of Sonics, so this is going to show you the wave of ups and downs. I mean, the Sonic series has always had their ups and downs, of course, uh, but oh, he's yeah. had his, his hand on a lot of them. Um, so there's some ups and downs, and I'll go through them here, and I'll let you guys decide amongst yourselves which is good and which is bad. But you've got Sonic Advance 3, Sonic Heroes, Riders, 
Adventure 2. I think that was actually the, the, a re-release of Adventure 2, maybe the Steam version. Uh, uh, Sonic Battle. Sega All-Star Racing. Ah, oh, yes. Major. Uh, Sonic Unleashed. Black Knight. Episode 1 and 2. So Sonic Episode 1. Uh, Sonic Sonic 4. Episode 1 and 2. Sorry. Uh, Sonic Generations. Sonic. Uh, I've done Adventure 2 twice there. Uh, Lost World. Uh, Sonic at the Olympic Winter Games. Sonic Boom. Fire and Ice. That was that 3DS one. Um, Sonic at the Rio Olympic Games. Sonic Mania. Uh, Sonic Forces. Team Sonic Racing. Sonic at the Tokyo Olympics 2020. Uh, so yeah, a lot. It's quite quite history there. That he's, is he's, quite he's had a, history. He's had a bit of good and he's had a bit of bad. So the Sonic Adventure 2 was the remaster. I noticed that even though it was of the era, he didn't go anywhere near the likes of 06 Colors and Unleashed. <laughs> no, he did He did touch Colors. Did I not say Colors? I think I might have skipped over Colors. He did mention Colors. He did have something right, to okay. do with Colors. I think it was like a... I, I, I think it's... I think, when you get to his stature within a company like Sega, he works as a producer that the majority of games get pushed under his eyes so he can at least give his two cents, um, which I assume, for the most part, important. So slightly um, off topic, yeah. but um, still relevant, I guess. It sounds to me like he joined in on on the Sonic franchise around the time that a lot of the older games were delisted. Do you remember when that happened? So everything from Unleashed backwards with a certain Metacritic score was pulled from store shelves. Right. It was no lo- it was no longer sold and it was all part of so- a Sega's like they were trying to bring back Sonic's image in a way by removing all of the chaff like the brand new copies. Right, right. Uh, from digital sh- store shelves. At one point you couldn't buy Unleashed. Um and it sounds to me like he was around around that time to do that. Yeah, cuz um I know Adventure 2 was around the 2010s so that makes sense to be about there onwards. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a little and fact for you. Boom, of course, so it wasn't perfect. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. Sonic 4 Episode 1 was the first ever HD video game I ever played in my own house uh, when I got my oh, HD TV. Wow. There you go. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, um, you're hearing it all over the place. Uh, the guy's apparently leaving Sega, but at the moment, I would very much mm, see what happens. See what happens. I feel well, like. Whether- whether he goes, whether he stays, I wish him the best of luck. Absolutely, a legend. He is indeed. Thirty-two years. Yep. Thirty-two definitely. years of Sega brilliance. You can't, you can't uh, deny that greatness. So, faux show, definitely, definitely. So, moving on to the big, big topic of the week, we're going to be chatting about Gamescom. Oh yes. Ah, uh, I miss Gamescom. I wish I was there this year. Never I been. Wish it was a physical thing. It's I've a never been. Great show. Yeah, never been. If uh, if people have never been to either, uh, my suggestion uh, over E3, Gamescom is the place to go. Hundred percent. You heard it here. There we go. Much bigger show. You see games in further along in development, and there's a lot more excitement. And uh, yeah, it's just great. So there was a lot of games showed off. And we're going to try and run through them as quick as we can. Uh, but we will stop at the ones that are the most interesting. I have never properly played a Saints Row game. And the I first one. Yeah. Saints Row Reboot. So you're as you're a fan of the Saints Row games, excited for this? Yes, I am. Um, now, Saints Row can be a bit of a mixed bag. I mean, if you've, um, if you've ever played, like... I think everyone has at least played a bit of one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I definitely have. 
I think it really peaked around Saints Row 3. That game was really, really fun. Um, and then Saints Row 4 went, kind of went balls to the wall with the whole superhero concept and then later Heaven versus Hell. And they were really fun games in their own right. But what I love about Saints Row is it takes everything that was really like obscure and just crazy about the ga- uh, Grand Theft Auto series on the PS2. Mm-hmm. And then they essentially dialed it up to the nines. And they've just made everything less less serious and just more fun. Um, and that's what that's all I really wanted in a sandbox game. Yeah. Um, just absolutely brilliant, uh, brilliant series. I love Saints Row 3, as I say. And you know they they get it they get the kind of humor that people are going to go for um my favorite parts included where you're driving along and suddenly your character breaks into song singing along to the car on the radio it's just little details like that yeah that go across really really well so i'm excited to see what they do um i'm not too invested in the original characters to the point where i'll go oh i don't want to play these new guys right because i think they'll get it i think they can do it their own thing in their own right so let's just see what they do i'm looking forward to it yeah i'm definitely interested i mean um is this like a, a retelling of the first game do you know or is this like a just a, like a reboot is in there they're starting again i think it's a reboot in a completely different area and right. i think there's just going to be some tenuous link to the, the first street saints and these guys right uh, but either way they're going to be the saints yeah so. So at the moment, it's just um, a cinematic trailer uh, rather than any real gameplay. But hey, it's happening. And that's what they show. That's what it's basically here to tell you, isn't it? So yes, Saints Row Reboot was the first one that was shown off. uh, First one to be talking about even. Then you've got Marvel Midnight Suns, um, essentially XCOM Marvel Edition. Big XCOM fans? I can't say I am, but I do appreciate that there's a lot of XCOM fans out there. And if any, if the Mario versus Rabbids game was anything to go by, I think yeah. there's going to be even more fans out there. And it's also great to see that Disney and the Marvel franchise is not afraid to do a slightly more complex title. I, I consider RTS games to be complex. I don't know about you guys, but yeah, um, for me, it's I've always found them quite difficult. It's definitely not a game that I'll be jumping out to play. But I love the fact that they're bringing back these like traditionally hardcore gaming genres mm-hmm. with the Marvel Universe because it could have easily gone the other way. And we've all seen what that other way looks like. That other way looks like Marvel superheroes on the UDraw tablet. So, wah, wah, wah. you know, <clears throat> but there it's you go. one of those things that I could appreciate. Again, it's something that is happening and something that's coming. And you've got Blade in there. I just saw you got Blade. Um, yes. And, and and Ghost Rider. <laughs> so it's going to be Can exciting. I just say, Blade looks a bit like Snipes. Doesn't he just? Like, they, they yeah. normally go for that thing. Like, when you look at the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer, the square showed off that it, it, it's obviously not copying the actual, the movie stars from the uh, from the movies, you know, Volume 1 and Volume 2. Um, it's very much their own thing, uh, where this, yeah, this does look like Snipes. Uh, but Ghost Rider doesn't. Ghost Rider looks very different than the movie versions. It, <laughs> not Nicolas Cage. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I would love to see Nicolas Cage's so would I. come back. As I was saying I mean, that, I was upset that it wasn't him. <laughs> I mean, if if they can bring back Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man and everything looks like it's going to go that way, oh. um, then uh, can we talk about that for a moment? Yeah, God, <laughs> Spider-Man, oh. Spider-Man, No Way Home. I know trailer. it happened How last cool week, but oh, yeah. I, I, I oh. you know what? When I saw that, I was so happy I didn't see any pictures or anything. And when I saw that big claw 
come out at the end. I was like, that's all oh. they're going to show. But no, he actually, Dr. Rock actually comes out like, hello, Peter. And I'm like, oh! <laughs> I love I'm, it. I'm just wondering whether they've actually got Willem Dafoe back. I'm just curious, super curious. It's exciting. Anyway. exciting stuff. But anyway, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, Marvel Midnight Suns. It looks quite good. I reckon I might check it out, actually. I, I like uh, RTS games. I like RTS games. Uh, Call of Duty Vanguard. Now, this, any other Call of Duty game, I would just instantly skip past. But I gave this a little bit of a watch, and I'm like, this looks really good. Like, I'm actually quite impressed by this. Um, so I'm really into cinematic first-person uh, first, uh, first shooters, for the most part. Um, and, uh, yeah, this looks really, really nice. I will say that I'm not too sure what I'm looking at, as in regard, is it real? Is it, uh, I mean, is it real footage? Is it kind of pre-made? Because it is the most floatiest fps footage i think i've ever seen but the um the actual style of it it looks really really nice and um it's definitely got me interested for a call of duty game which i don't think has ever happened before um so um yeah i'm not i'm not a fan of that style of thing it there's bits of it that makes me think it is real the way it like jumps between uh which obviously you know it's in development i'll give them their due but um yeah I, i'm i'm i mean I, i'm for the first time potentially in my life interested to see a bit more uh about a call of duty game so there you go that's never yeah, happened before I'm, not for you i'm i'm not as convinced on this one uh call of duty uh, you, you know how it usually goes and mm-hmm. uh it's i would play it for the single player campaign oh yeah i found them, found them quite hard to enjoy i i don't know maybe it's just the war war thing i've kind of like stopped doing but the lighting looks nice it does it does. Yeah, That's one of the things that caught me, the lighting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to Battlefield versus yeah. this. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've got their hardcore competition, haven't they? For sure, for sure. Definitely. But I nice lighting, as you franchise. said. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so there we go, that one. Halo Infinite uh, world premiere multiplayer trailer. Again, it's not really anything more than cinematic. But uh, hey... Halo Infinite's getting a multiplayer mode. Would you believe it? I, I, no, no. You, you're lying. Yeah, if, if it wasn't for this trailer, I wouldn't believe it. And, uh, yeah, no, but it's actually happening. It looks nice, cinematic, but not really anything else to show you. Next up on yeah. here is a game that caught me by surprise. Obviously, it's Devolver Digital, and it's called, it's a game called Cult of the Lambs. So, people that are listening, what I am looking at is a mix between Don't Starve which is a great game, a bit of a uh, a sim game, I suppose, like, a, like as in The Sims, mixed with uh, a bullet hell. World of Gumball. Yeah, maybe a bit of that. And it's really quite bizarre. And I like all of those things, so I'm very much interested in this. And I like pretty much most things that Devolver Digital put out. Um, yeah. Yeah. This looks this looks neat. I mean, like. Any indie game that looks a bit like, as Mike Towns put it, it's a bit Paper Mario. Yeah, um, yeah. Kind of, kind of cutesy, but at the same time, it looks like it's got a bit of a hardcore edge, like Don't Starve. I'm kind of into it, and uh, I, I'm hoping it's got a bit of a sense of humour on it, too. Oh, it definitely seems like that. So for the, the, the really beautiful animation at the beginning, go and check it out. Um, you're a lamb, and you get sacrificed, uh, and then you basically get brought back from the dead and kill everyone. <laughs> <laughs> as a killer lamb so it's basically the lamb with a crow yeah uh, sorry the crow with a lamb instead 
One interesting yeah. thing I will take from this, I'm not going to say that uh, .mu or .emu, however you want to say it, are, are, are the uh, people that have, uh, were the first people to do this. But with things like um, uh, the the Dragon Trap game, um, Streets of Rage 4, and obviously the Turtles game, which we'll talk about in a moment, they do this in beautiful animation to get you hyped and then show you gameplay that just continues that hype momentum. And I feel like there's a lot of indie sort of studios doing that now. And they've... If they're not copying that style, they definitely look like they're copying that style. That it, little maybe mistake there, but it, it's a great way for these sort of trailers to to entice gamers like us, I think. And um, uh, yeah, it looks good. It looks really, really, definitely. really well put together trailer. Very, very nice. Um, following on from this, we took. Uh, oh no, we got a game here called Midnight Fight Express. So this was made by one guy. Turn the music down. Uh, made by one guy, and it's sort of an isometricy Streets of Rage. It looks a little bit slow, um, quite cinematic, possibly. Um, I'm definitely intrigued to find out more, and I think a game like this is going to be a hundred percent built on how well it plays of its fighting mechanic. A bit like a, I always refer back to the Arkham Asylum games. Yeah, um, um, definitely getting that vibe. Oh, definitely. If they can pull that style off, and it's a bit uh, dark, lots of shading, um, uh, I suppose a bit of a Hotline Miami look to it as well, uh, but cel-shaded version. Um, yeah, I, it could do well, and I could potentially be quite interested in finding out a bit more about this. Done by one guy as well, so massive shout out to them, um, whoever that one person is. Wow, um, that's impressive considering what we're seeing here. Yeah, yeah, and to get the trailer right on Games Night, uh, that Gamescom on the uh, opening night, beautiful. Really well done. Yeah. Nice. Following on from this, uh, we had... Uh, oh, so I don't want them to keep showing us Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge trailers, but .mu know how to do marketing, and this is how they do their marketing. April O'Neil is a playable character in the new Turtles yes. game. <laughs> she looks like she plays... She looks great as well. Like they've yeah. got the character model down perfect. Her moves look amazing. Oh, um, so good. I, I think we're going to see Casey Jones as well. You reckon? I, I just get that impression. She does a little mic drop too. She does. She drops the mic and it's like a little like it's like a A move on a Streets of Rage game or what have you. It's and there's a lot of co-op fighting between you where you can actually work with people. And she looks like she's going to be a great character to work with the turtles of that, which makes complete sense. Yeah, I, she can feed the turtles pizza when they're down low on health. Oh my god, isn't it so good? It's yeah. so exciting. Like I say every time, please stop showing me footage of this game. But I, I, hey, I, I, this is what I do. I, I I look up this stuff for a living now, so <laughs> it's okay. I'm so excited for this. So excited for this. I mean, nothing else needs to be said. I think we've brought this well, game up about five um, times on our podcast. <laughs> well, we are just on April O'Neil-based news. There is actually another game uh, that features April O'Neil as a playable character, and that's that Nickelodeon All-Star Smash. Who oh, is um, it? Smash Brothers clone. They've just announced her as a character there. So it's great to see a bit of April power yeah. um, getting, in the, getting in on the action. So yeah. especially the old classic design. Oh, for sure. Oh, it's, 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 it's so stunning. Really, really nice. I... If I hadn't seen it already, it'd be the game in the show for me. So, yeah, there we go. I don't know what my game yeah. in the show is. I'm interested in hearing what everyone else says as well. So, yeah, there we go. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. Uh, it's cool. It's very exciting. Demon Slayer was shown off, um, uh, was it E3, I believe? Uh, and now there's 30 seconds more, but we're about 15 seconds in, and so far they've shown us the 
uh, title yeah, card. Is a, <laughs> this is the one that um, I wasn't sure about before. Uh, still not sure about now. It's very anime. Very, very anime. Not the most anime. We'll get to the most anime in a moment. Uh, we talked about Toshiro and Nagoshi. Uh, Nagoshi yeah. earlier on. And Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. Uh, I had another character added, and that was someone from the Persona series. I don't know too much about Persona, but hey, they're in this. Um, it gets me happy. There's a lot more showing off about the party games, which is such a huge part of the Monkey Ball um, games. And for people that don't know, these are a recreation of the original uh, two games. I don't know. I don't think it's going to have quite as many on as Deluxe, because Deluxe is technically the first two games plus a few more. But it, and and it's also put into the new art style. Um, I, I, this is a day one purchase for me. Uh, in fact, I've actually already been bugging Sega to give me more information on anything about this. So <laughs> I love this. Do you get the impression that Sega are banking a lot on this game? Because they are talking about it a lot. They more are. so than I would ever have expected, considering it's a single... It's, it's Nintendo coming out for Switch only? Or unless that was just a Nintendo trailer that you just pulled up? Uh, it's just a Nintendo trailer. Yeah, I, I so, assume it's coming up for more. It's uh, it's an odd one to be like championing. You think that Sonic would be higher on this list? Yeah, but yeah. You know. I, I did hear uh, recently that the uh, the new big three uh, D Sonic that they announced that the uh, their, their little Sonic Direct that they did, they they actually admitted that they've announced it too early, or someone on yeah. the team worked. They said they admitted it, uh, they announced it too early. So I don't think we're going to be seeing anything on that for a long, long time. Um, but again, I think that these guys are doing kind of not what .mu started, but that, that you know every new trailer is showing off another character. You got Shenmue in here. You got one of the guys, you got the main guy from Yakuza in here. Personas in here now. Uh, I be surprised if sonic isn't uh, he may have already been announced um he has been yeah it's sonic go, yeah. oh okay yeah there we go so i 100 percent day one purchase me those are cu- first couple of monkey ball games i adore them they're in my top something games i love them i love them and this is just them games again so yes please yes please um so there we go uh a game called Splitgate, which is one uh hugely popular beta on steam um yeah if you're um uh if you can imagine a halo deathmatchy type shooter uh but with the portal mechanic that's exactly what we're looking at right here um, this looks like right up my alley this is it? like unreal tournament levels of like, arena shooter better comparison yeah yeah, it's like it's got the whole teleporter thing going on the portals, of course. Um, it's free to play, I believe. Is it not? Um, I, I don't know, or it will be. But yeah, it's it's the kind of thing I absolutely I I used to play for hours and hours on end, and I can yeah. only hope that this will live up to that kind of memory. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm interested great. to um, find out more. I will not be playing this. It's not my cup up, but I adore Portal. So hey. There we go. There we go. As long as it isn't another Lawbreakers. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, we got old uh, Vike Echo dropping 50 there. Thank you so much, mate. Really appreciate it. 50 bits. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, what have we got next? We've got a game, uh, Riders Republic. This has already been shown off. This is Ubisoft's adrenaline sport of every kind at the same time. Snowboarding, uh, yeah. BMXing, uh, gliding all mixed together like so many different things and i i I, from what i can see from the trailer which i still can't 100 percent work out of a cinematic or in game um uh yeah you you do it all at the same time i'd like to think so yeah 
It's, like it's basically the crew, isn't it, with mm. uh, all of these extreme sports at once. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't necessarily a bad game. It just... The problem that you have with games like this, and I think we may have even said this before, I mm. don't know, but um, they previously did a game called Steep, which is all winter sports in yep. one game. And now they've kind of mixed this with, I don't know, Codemasters. That, me- that engine, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the problem that you have is you get all of these like different like sports and you get a master of none. Uh, you get a uh, jack of all trades, master of none kind mm-hmm. of thing going on. I really hope that's. I really hope I'm wrong about this because this could be a lot of fun. The only thing is, right? Stop forcing me to play with other people. I I, I want to play something like this that on my own. <laughs> I like 1080 snowboarding. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's um. I mean, I'm an SSX guy, and I think when the, when certain games like I, I always look at like Burnout. When other games try and do Burnout, they're good, but they're not quite Burnout. And with yeah. like uh, snowboarding games, they're good, but they're not quite SSX. Uh, I know there's people out there like you say with 1080 that would argue between 1080 and SSX. I'm an SSX guy, but um, uh, I think they're going to be using the steep engine. I, I'd be so surprised if they're not using the steep engine. I mean, this is their, <laughs> that's their game as well, and I really yeah. didn't like the way the steep controlled. Um. Uh. There, there's there's a BMX game called Lonely Mountain, which plays. Which this should be a lot more adrenaline based, and that's a lot more tactical. Um. And again, I like my BMX in like that. So it's uh, it's going to be really, really. I I I know what you mean. When you if if I got into this game, I would be all about one or two styles of playing. Um. And probably not want to touch the rest unless I had to. To. Yeah. I think, they're gonna, I think they're kind of banking on that at the same time as getting the people who just want to try a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like Pilot Wings. You, you pick your favourite, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Chevmatic, are we all in agreement that we will not make Slope lift or play marbles while he recording Slope's cars? No, I have left them uh, on for this Slope's cast. Sorry, mate, but uh, <laughs> I'm not lifting weights during the podcast. Anyway, <laughs> moving on, moving on. Now, I, I will very briefly talk about this. A new football game. It doesn't show anything yet, but it's called UFL. Um, uh, Ultimate Football League, I believe it is. Um, this is interesting because they want to be taken on FIFA. Um, and wow. yeah, many have tried. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'm not into football games. Uh, unless they're like fun and arcadey, which this is definitely not going to be. If they manage to take on and do well, like FIFA, uh, take on FIFA or even like Pro Evo, that uh, more, more competition in that space is definitely needed because FIFA is a very lazy franchise. Um, every year releasing virtually the same game. In fact, I think it was a year or two ago they said that this is just the same game as last year and they sold it at a cheaper rate. And it's like, how the hell can you um, get away with this? You know? Um, but uh, hey, hopefully there's a bit more competition in that space. For the people that follow those games. To be honest, I'm really surprised that EA haven't done something similar. So this is free to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is, is that seasons get updated in real time. Uh, I'm assuming that they have some sort of licenses. I saw West Ham United um, in the on the banner as the footballers were going out of the little, I don't know, corridor. <laughs> we're so not football fans <laughs> it's it's a tunnel of love there we go the tunnel of love so yeah it's i'm surprised ea haven't done this and gone for a free-to-play model and just get people to upgrade their their fifa service 
every year uh, when the new seasons go across and get mm-hmm. all your transfers in a microtransaction. It strikes me as like that seems like the winning strategy, and it looks to me like the whoever these UFL guys have done, they've basically gone and said, right, if EA aren't going to do that and smell the roses, then we're going to do it. Yeah. And now they've done it, I reckon EA will do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I say, someone it. needs to come along and shake it up because they're so lazy. They're so so lazy. Yeah. Uh, and I've got a, a I've got a little video that I'm working on about it as well. So um, you'll see it in the next couple of months. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> UFL World Premiere trailer again doesn't really show you anything, but I will genuinely <laughs> be interested to find out a little bit more. What has games gone down to me? You know, I'm following Call of Duty and like FIFA knockoffs, uh, and it's, it's not a European show. This is what you get. Yeah, and it's not free to play. Apparently, it's fair to play, which is the most marketing thing I've ever heard in my life. Fair to play. What is that? What is that? Ah, uh, God knows. <sighs> so, following on, uh, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that like the Lego, um, uh, the Lego series. Um, and this hey. has been taking its sweet time. It I, has? I, I seem to recall this being like almost a, a launch. Uh, title for the next gen but i don't know maybe that means that they're actually putting the effort in and getting it done right i mean this is ea essentially taking traveler's tales games and then uh remastering them so maybe they were just thinking it through and getting it done in the way that it should so mm-hmm. fingers my, crossed. my son's looks cool. obsessed with mario um, mario oh he is but uh, obsessed with lego so uh yeah I, I this is probably something we will get uh, and I'll probably play with him. So there we go. Maybe on stream. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, following on, Synced Off Planet. Not much known about this yet. It looks like it's trying to be a bit of a sci-fi futuristic um, kind of, you know, Terminator storyline machines coming to get you, but you are partly machine yourself. Um, right. uh, but plays like an Uncharted type game. Um that's all I've really got to go on. Uh, and if this teaser trailer, which is sadly mostly cinematic, is anything to go by, it's something I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on because the Uncharted games are some of my favourite games ever made. Yeah, uh, to me, it looks a bit like Jedi Fallen Order without the licence, um, mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Jedi Fallen Order was quite a good game. I don't know. looks cool. It could be a middle shelf title like Binary Domain. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. Mm. There we go. There we go. So that's a thing. That's a thing. Um, next up, you got the Outlast Trials, uh, which is another Outlast game. Um, hey, people like Outlast. I thought Outlast is pretty good, um, and this is a bit more of a co-op um, uh, entry into the horror franchise. Play much Outlast? Uh, played the first one, scared the pants off me. Uh, never got round to the second one because of see above reason. Um, <laughs> it does feel like it's going a bit sore now. Yeah, um, where there's this. The first one had was the most intriguing. The second one was a bit of fun, a bit more action packed, and now, now it just looks to me like it's just going through the motions. Yeah. Um, with some like you know bigger mechanics, but I don't know. Could be wrong. Outlast is quite popular, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think this this could be uh, of some some use to some people. Yeah, definitely. Well, there you go. New uh, new Outlast. Uh, there's definitely a fan base for that. Um. Doke V, Doki V, uh, it's essentially Pokemon. Um, this looks mad. It, insane graphics. Like, it looks beautiful. It's Sorry, it's essentially an MMO Pokemon game type game. You collect little 
monsters is that what is that what they are i think I that's what they so, are yeah, yeah. um hey yeah. if nintendo aren't gonna do it these guys are gonna do it and these guys are doing it <laughs> yeah and to be honest nintendo should have done this years ago and i hope that that um that pokemon legends rcs or whatever it, they call it um i hope that this is that that there's that's the game we've been waiting for but in the meantime this is what we could have had yeah. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned and it looks amazing and just absolutely insane and it's by the um the guys who make that black desert online so it's going to be like a proper MMO yeah i i think he's actually got a bit of a um i know i said like pokemon there but i i'd say a pokemon mixed with monster monster hunter uh, very cutie version um it's it looks insane like absolutely stunning I, I i can't justify this enough it's not for me but my god does it look good <laughs> i will definitely yeah. be checking it out um like not to buy but checking out what it's like when it comes out but um hey um very very impressive like it looks like a kid's game but with a hundred percent triple a backing behind it like yeah yeah Hundred percent, yeah. Very impressive, amazing. very impressive. Um, yeah, uh, it's good to to see see games for all ages. You know, Call of Duty to this. <laughs> Jurassic World Evolution Two. Want to make your own Jurassic World? Yes. Yeah. What can possibly go wrong? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, hey, I don't think we need to see much more about that. Um, you make a big Jurassic Park zoo, uh, and if you do really well, they don't escape. But what's the fun in that? Um, so then you, I don't know, leave the door open. I don't know, it's going to be great. It's going to be good fun. Good fun. Right, it's good not really for much else to say. <laughs> clever boys and the clever girls. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Far Cry Six. Uh, I'm going to buy this game. Yeah, I am too. Uh, yeah. I love Giancarlo Esposito. What an actor. Um, I hope he's every bit as good as um, as Voss from Far Cry Three. Um, and just Far Cry games are just generally fun. They're the one thing I break my Ubisoft like general malaise for because they they just are a whole ton of fun to play. Yeah, they are so formulaic. Thankfully, they don't do a yearly release like they did with Assassin's Creed. There's enough of a gap for me to go. You know what? I need a new I need a new Far Cry fix, and then I'll play this game. And then I'll happily not play another one for four years, like, three or yeah. four years, like, and it, it, it's it's okay. Um, I do like my villains to be a lot more in your face psycho. Um, uh, and don't worry, I, I've, I, but I am intrigued to see how this guy goes because I think he could really get you on a uh, psychological level. I think he could really like. He strikes ooh. me as a bit more of a realistic villain as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, there's stuff like this is going down all over the world, so. I won't go into too much detail about that, but you get the uh, you get the idea that some people are just this just this insane, but cold and calculating at the same time, and it, it puts chills down my spine. Mm -hmm. It's just I don't know. I, I'm hoping it lives up to it. And uh, just following on from what we was talking about earlier, we have got some people over on YouTube, primarily a guy called Birdman, who's not a fan of that MMO kiddie looking game, uh, Pokey V or whatever it was called. Um, and that wasn't Pokey V, was it? Doki V, I think. <laughs> uh, he doesn't look. He doesn't like the look of it. Uh, would take Fantasy Star uh, Online Two over it any day. Uh, any uh, over wouldn't? Black Desert. <laughs> Who so, wouldn't? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, Far Cry Six was fun. I mean, who who doesn't yeah. want that? Um, the Clans of Blood Hunt. 
God, there are a lot of games. This is what that E3 sounds like should a be. Mobile like. game. Uh, potentially. Um, Either that or a song, in my... by, uh, a song by The Clash. Blood Hunt. Looks good. Third person left for dead. That's what I wrote in my notes. Yeah. A bit, a bit neon esque. You got the kind of super power esque, like tele, telepathic stuff. Yeah. Probably not going to get it. If I'm honest, it's too many games like this. It, it looks fine. Yeah, Love Hunt sounds like a Prince album. And to be fair, so does this game. Park Beyond. So Bandai Namco are jumping on the bandwagon of making their own uh, theme park sim type game. Now, I think graphically they're actually taking a few cues from the uh, Two Point Hospital franchise, which is fantastic. Sega's um, the Two Point Hospital and you got that new Two, uh, two Point uh, Campus game coming out. It looks fantastic. Uh, and this just, yeah. It looks all right, but at the moment it's just a cinematic. I'm definitely interested to see what they do because I really don't know how much better they can do than Roller Coaster. Uh, is it no Roller Coaster Tycoon? What's the whatever that Coaster Tycoon game that is it called to- Coaster Tycoon? Yeah, what, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Yeah, or Planet Coaster. Though, Planet so Coaster. That, uh, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be able to beat that. If I'm honest, um, but hey, it's a new theme park sim. They don't really show you anything though, unfortunately. Woo, Jet. I'm still not interested in this in any way, shape, or form. I'm sure it's a great game. I don't know anything about this game, as in what you actually do on it. It looks really bizarre. I, uh, I'm curious about this one. I, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to play it just to like get a feel for what they're actually going for, and I just get the impression it's going to be a lot like Flower, but with like <laughs> ships. And I'm fine with that, you know, if they if they can pull it off, and as long as it's not got motion control, yeah. know, it could, looks like it could be interesting. Could be, could be. We'll see, we'll see. Uh, then we've got Horizon Forbidden West, which does look stunning, uh, but we, I think we've yeah. seen what there is to be seen of this. Really, uh, I really just want to play the game now. Um, it no, looks notably the first game on PS5 has yeah. got a 60 frames per second update, which is makes it so much more playable. Ooh. Now's my time to get on it, I think. Yeah, definitely. There we go. Definitely, Great game, definitely. to be fair. That, and I'm looking forward to the sequel. I am. I am. I remember it came out, a lot of people saying it was better than Uncharted 4. I'm like, are you serious? Are you sure? So, this is interesting. New World, Chart Your Fate. Interesting. I will never play this. But interesting because there will be people out there that will play it. And this one is done by Amazon. This <laughs> is Amazon's massive multiplayer online game. Um, pirates, demons, knights, uh, the undead, insert here, all the others. Um, yeah, it's just one mentally big MMO game, and it's done by Amazon, which I just thought was quite interesting, really. Um, it looks very, very well done for an MMO. Yeah, it looks a bit pre-rendered, um, over the top, but I don't know, there's obviously some gameplay here, uh, Mm. I just don't know. And I don't really trust Amazon with the games yet. You kind of want to see like how far it's coming. Because everything they've done so far has pointed to bad news. Yeah, I'm, definitely, um, definitely. We haven't talked about Amazon all, uh, and all that much, but there's been some news topics that's come up recently, how they, they're banning developers working on Amazon titles from working on their own projects and things like that. And that just, I don't know, is yikes. Yikes territory. So 
I'm uh, I'm stepping back a little from this one up until I see something a bit more positive. Yeah, I want I want I'm I'm very interested from a news point of view to see what this is and how it turns out. Um, but uh, I, one million percent not for me. I could not care less about the gameplay. I'm just interested on how it's being made, who's making it, all that sort of stuff. Uh, so yeah, New World. Uh, another Marvel game. This one is a mobile game. It looks very pretty for a mobile game, but I couldn't give less of a crap about it. Um, very, very pretty, actually, for a mobile game. Yeah. Um, Marvel Future Revolution. Um, I don't even really get how it plays, because it just looks like a normal game. When I say normal game, as in not a mobile game. Lots of fighting. Um, it's yeah. about what you come to expect from a marvel mobile game <laughs> yeah. um, what we do know is that this footage that you're seeing on the screen for the trailer is probably in no way what it's going to look like on your mobile phone screen when it's yeah. in action so it's quite nice to look at though if you're a marvel fan go check out the yeah. trailer might be better than the game probably will be better than the game <laughs> here's a game i'm going to quickly skip past tales of luminia and there's another one to it as well tales of luminia and another one called arise these are mobile games and they're hardcore anime they've got cutesy music over the top lots of flowers that fly all over the place when they land uh f flashy lines when things go fast uh and lots of stopping just before the action happens so they can have flashbacks about their past it's a mobile game though and do, do they yell about their vices and virtues like I they will do defeat the defeat this person because it's my right i i am born to do this and yeah. what have you they always Probably. start that though with a huh yeah. and they have to go into deep thought just as that sword is swinging down god i fucking hate that stuff go play it on mobile phones or don't dead mouse this is so weird dead mouse 5 is basically um shouting out about some weird online service called core which is a service to make games watch live concerts i don't know yeah. what i'm looking at um, and I don't think he really explains it. Real world events will happen whilst you play. Um, yeah, I don't I've, know what I'm looking at. So where I think this stems from is that recently Fortnite, and I hate to say bring this up on the podcast, and if you noticed, every <laughs> Fortnite news does not make it into the podcast for very good reason because I don't believe the audience cares that much about Fortnite. But there's actually a leave it to the hosts. Why. So, uh, yeah, quite possibly, yeah. Um, it sounds to me like he's trying to do a bit of a Roblox thing um, with this whole create-your-own-game-hub type thing because Roblox is massive on the streaming community, particularly amongst children, of course. But also, um, when Fortnite recently did a couple of like in-game concerts, they were really successful, and they were really cool. I mean, talk about marketing strategy. They had... I. I I can't remember who it was, so it's obviously not that memorable. But um, they had a couple of like really big artists. Ariana Grande was one of them, right? And uh, what they would do essentially have like the character model of Ariana Grande in a, as a massive character singing their song heart, like during a Fortnite battle royale match. And I've got to say, it was so neat. And I reckon that's exactly what uh, Dead Mel Five is going for. <laughs> I do like that name. Uh, yeah, it's that and make games. It's it's yeah. It he's heavily pushing onto this new uh, this new service as such. Um, 
yeah, it, it, it's bizarre. It's definitely worth keeping an eye on, but mm, it's interesting. He does use hardcore uh, marketing terms like metaverse. Like, it shivers yeah. down my spine. But um, hey, it's... It either has the potential to bankrupt him or make him in stupidly rich. Yeah. So yeah. I'm curious on that level. I think if he gets the kids involved... They'll like it. It's, it's really, yeah. really bizarre. Really bizarre. Uh, Age of Empires 4. Uh, that's coming. And uh, my guess is it's going to be better than Age of Empires 3. So there's that. Anything else to add? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Empires <laughs> and there's ages of them. Um, yeah. And this is the third. Fourth. Fourth? Yeah. Wow. That's, times have changed. Oh, times well, now it's... with the ages. Now they're actually showing real life knights running around in, in the trailer as well. Um, Valheim, Valheim, sorry, uh, Hearth and Home is a trailer that is nothing but a cinematic trailer, uh, very nicely animated, but shows you absolutely nothing about the game. Let's move on. That's because Valheim is one of those Minecraft type survival games on the PC. It's not the best looking game. Right. Very popular though. Um, I I wouldn't mind trying it, but it's only come to PC so far, I believe. Uh, got much to say about Crossfire X, a new Deathmatch-esque game. Deathmatch-esque game. I mean, it just looks like a Deathmatch game to me. I don't yep. know what's esque about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those, isn't it? It's One of those. It'll either be really tactical and super hardcore like Counter-Strike, or it'll be really untactical and a free-for-all, but people will still pretend to be hardcore like PUBG. Yep. Sifu is next. Do you remember that uh, game we talked about a while ago where it's sort of like... I keep saying things are Streets of Rage. It's not. It's uh, third person? It it plays like Batman Arkham Arkham Asylum, the the, the, the fighting mechanics. But every time you die, you go back back to do the level again, but you're older. And I don't understand how that makes the game better, that you are now an older fighter. But hey, that's what happens in this. And... We get to see more of it, but it still doesn't explain what the older mechanic thing is. It looks very well done with its fighting mechanic, though. So if it um, does play like a very good fighting game, it might actually be quite fun. Um, yeah. I so. think it was cool. Um, I'm a bit disappointed now that it's, we've actually seen footage of it looking like the Batman Arkham series because it almost feels like, I don't know, it should be a bit more involved if it's all about martial arts. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. It could be really, really good. And I, the aging mechanic, just uh, it kind of baffles the mind. But I like this. I like the idea of it being like a roguelike type thing. Uh, yeah. Where you like gain extra moves with experience, whether you win or you lose. Um, and then if you're really good at the game and uh, you're able to get through as your youngest self, you have to work harder to uh, to get through to the latter stages. That sounds mm-hmm. really cool to me. It's interesting. I'm definitely interested in knowing more. And I think you'll find that was the last game to talk about at Gamescom. Although that's not the last game we're going to be talking about because for the next topic, yes, we've moved on from topic number two. My God, was that a long one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's chat about Valfaris. Yes. Ooh. So this, I, I believe this was also announced at Gamescom. Oh, okay. Um, so the... We we what we basically just looked at in the previous topic is the opening night because if we talked about everything, it would have taken forever. I mean, it took mm-hmm. us long enough to do that. Yeah, but yeah, Valfaris Val is one of those indie titles that just doesn't get the love, and no. we are baffled as to the reason why. Uh, because it's one of the best looking 
modern retro indie platformers there's going. Yeah. And the sequel looks to be like one of the best looking and possibly really tight, tightly playing um, 2D, 2.5D shoot'em ups going. Yeah. So. Now, what I will say, um, I loved Valfaris. I've completed it a few times. I bought it and then I went out again and bought the collector set just because I wanted to get the really nice version. I adore that game. I think it's beautiful, great art style. And this doesn't look as good, I don't think. Um, now, I'm really happy that the developer... I, I'm going to buy it because I trust them. Um, I trust them with that their game majorly. I thought that first game was perfect. Um, however, excuse me. However, they, 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 if you haven't seen the original Valfaris and even the game Slain, which came before it, what they do is they do this very clever mechanic where they, they sort of... Uh, make a you know polygon heavy character but then they add this weird filter over them so it looks like they're pixelated and the way that makes them move their their fluid animation is out of this world you've not seen pixelation like it it's obviously kind of fake the way they do it but it's um it looks incredible it's got an amazing soundtrack the gameplay is really good it's like a big shooting uh heavy heavy shooter heavy uh, uh platformer game and yeah so I want another platformer game, which this is not. This is like essentially our type, um, and uh, they've actually taken away the polygon heavy look. Uh, no, sorry, the pixel heavy look, and gone for a game that looks like a very beefed up Sega Saturn game. Um, and I think that's a shame. Uh, although I'm more than happy to give them the time of day and definitely try it out. I would have much preferred another Valfaris, which. Besides its style and the fact that it's called Valfaris 2, it's actually called Malfaris Mechatherion. Um, this is not, I, in my opinion, I don't think this is. See, to me, I'm yeah. I'm in a bit of a disagreement. I I yeah, don't okay. think it's like I loved the original Valfaris. I liked it as a platformer. Mm. Um, to me, this looks just fun in its own right. Um, oh yeah, yeah, it will be. It will be. And the 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 scale and scope of like the movement the animation it looks incredible i mean the way that the 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 levels are scrolling around um you see like the the mixture of the 3d assets mixed in with that um stylized polygonal slash pixelated look cuz i don't see much there. of the there, there is definitely some of the pixels in the the, the background and the scenery from what i can yeah. see but for me, what made Valfaris so good, besides the fact that it just controls and plays like a really good platformer shooter, is the fact that it is one of those games, which I'm a big fan of, and it has that insanely good art style and music. And for this, they've taken away the platforming, which I adore, platforming shooting game, which I adore, um, uh, and the art style. Uh, 70% of the art style, because they really have taken away the pixelation of the main characters. Um uh, I, but at the end of the day, I like our type type games. You know those these uh, uh, side scrolling uh, shmup type games. So I'm still going to definitely give it a go. Um, uh, it's just, oh man, they didn't make another Valfaris. That's it. Really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, there we go. There we go. It's definitely worth talking about though, and uh, at least everyone go out there and check out Valfaris. And I think. Like me, even though they're not making another one of those type of games, uh, that was so good that I'm definitely willing to give this one a shot. I'll be buying the collector set of this before I even play the game. I'm that confident that it's going to be good. Faux show. Cool. Faux show. It's nothing but a good thing. I haven't said that on this one yet. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. There we go. Uh, oh, I have been talking a lot. So I'm going to pass it over to you as we move on to topic number four. 
which is Google Maps on an NES yes. cartridge. Who'd have thunk it? So, um, yeah, this is a bit of fun. Uh, so the a YouTuber uh, known as CC++ has taken the old 2012 um, April Fool's joke from Google, of, of all people, mm. um, where they made an 8-bit Google uh, Google Map world thing. Yep. And uh, he's actually gone and done it, um, yeah. which is actually working in real time. <laughs> <clears throat> we're using a raspberry pi which is hooked up to the internet feeding through a donor cartridge into the nes and generating google maps with tiles which are very reminiscent of zelda 2 isn't it just yeah on the screen it's so cool and i love the fact that you actually control it using the nes controller and you're able to scroll <laughs> through each like each area each country um, and you see all of the little place things pop up in that classic NES font. It's yeah. just so clever. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's. Cool. I mean, what what is the point? Um, <laughs> nobody truly knows. But the I love the idea of hacking is because you can. And yeah, uh, oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, it, this is truly like something unique, and I I absolutely love it. It's just so technically stupid. Hey, I can see my house from here. There it is. I'm. <laughs> it is so cool. It's really, really impressive that someone's gone out of the way and and put an absurdly simple version of Google Maps onto the NES. It's so cool. It's so. All I so can cool. hope is is that for the Super Nintendo we get Street View. Oh well, actually, old P Ferreira actually says now think what they can do with sixteen bits. Yes, <laughs> sixty-four bit, and you'll be talking Google Earth. <laughs> it's yeah it, it, it's awesome it's so so cool I, I imagine that's as far out as he can zoom which isn't the whole world but yeah, yeah. it's it's clearly just like a, a very very simplified version i mean i'm glad they got north korea in there mm -hmm. you know representing for but... show <laughs> i like it. i don't know it's so weird it's so like unnecessary but really really cool it's so cool. It's so cool. So there you go. There's that one. Over to topic number five, uh, which is Arcade One Up. We're chatting about Arcade One Up again. Given all their free publicity, even though they never talk to us UK people. How dare Come they? on, Arcade One Up. Sort us out. Sort us out. Sort us out. One of your new Simpsons arcade units. Yes, the Simpsons are now coming to the Arcade One Up range. And... Uh, who doesn't like The Simpsons? Uh, original scrolling uh, arcade game is freaking awesome. So I've got to say, Arcade One Up are absolutely killing it these days. <laughs> have um, been, yeah, yeah. I remember when I first saw um, the Arcade One Up Street Fighter Two cabinet, the very first one they did, and I was like feeling it, uh, having a game, having a feel through it, and I was just thinking to myself, this ain't this. This ain't anything like I remember. The stick is wrong. the The cabinet looks nice. It's small, um, and I I just don't know if I like it enough to spend up to the four hundred pound that they wanted for it. Yeah, it's 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 like a man cave thing, isn't it? It'd be cool to have, yeah. but like, yeah. I, but now, it's hard. but now they've got a full on arcade. Like you could, you could build an arcade out of these little things, and you know probably do well enough for the people who don't. Care and 
care about the the specific details as much as I do. So I love the fact that we're finally seeing Simpsons back. I mean, we've seen the likes of the Outrun cabinets. I see a Def Jam cabinet in the background. They're re-releasing the Street Fighter 2 cabinet in the big blue variant with online play. Yeah. They've really thought this through and I love absolutely love what they're doing. It's just a shame that in the case in particular of The Simpsons, yeah, we're not getting it in the UK. We are not. Which it's not only does it mean when we're missing out on that classic Simpsons uh, arcade game, which everyone does love, but it also means we're not getting <laughs> this, which is also bundled <laughs> with that. And it's only these two games, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so, yeah. But what people may have realised is that there's actually a trackball in the middle of that cabinet, and that is for a little-known arcade game from the from 2000 called Simpsons Bowling, which yep. is also made by Konami um, and sees you playing as various Simpsons characters in a very rudimentary 3D fashion. I'm really surprised this didn't come to PlayStation, actually. It's, that, it's the kind of thing so... that would have done. Yeah, I, I thought it was a PlayStation game before I looked it up and realised it never was. By the way, if anybody really wants like the most destroyed version of the Simpsons theme song, look this game up. It's yeah. the most awful, awful thing. But it's also kind of endearing at the same time because it's like a proper bowling game with the Simpsons. Actually looks like it could be somewhat fun to play. Like the kind <laughs> of thing that you would see in a pub arcade machine like golden yeah, tea yeah, or something yeah. which I and golden tea is a good do. golden tea is a great game like yeah i like that but yeah um simpsons arcade and simpsons <laughs> bowling is coming to arcade one up hey yeah. that's a thing that's a thing can i just there's there's another thing from what arcade one up which i i really do appreciate but at the same time i'm just thinking well just make your standard product a bit cheaper and then we wouldn't have the problem in the first place but Arcade 1UP are actually making child-size arcade cabinets for the first time, starting with two particular types. Uh, a Pac-Man cabinet, which is about, I don't know, quarter of the size, maybe uh, maybe half the size of an arcade cabinet. Right. And it's designed with much larger buttons, much larger stick for young children to play on. And also, everyone's favourite game from the 90s. I don't know if you heard of, the, of a title called Paw Patrol. No that way. Made, that is being made into an arcade cabinet available to purchase from arcade. You know what? I reckon they're going to make a killing out of that. I, I know think we, they might too. I think they're going to make a lot of money from that. Um, there is a time I would have bought that for my kids. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. I always thought they were kid size anyway because you have to get the booster for it to be any kind of decent size. You know what I mean? They're already quite short. These these machines, yeah. well, these are three quarter three quarter size, aren't they? I don't know. I think they are. Um, but yeah, they 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 are a bit squat, and then unless you get the riser and makes it a bit bigger, I I just think that they sometimes they don't get the little details right. There's like the spacing on the the buttons in Street Fighter and the type of buttons, the type of stick. Although they seem to be getting a lot better at it. What I do love is that they're actually emulating the shape of the cabinets. So if we look at the Dragon's Lair uh, cabinet just to the right of the person in this video, you can mm. see that it's actually got that angled angled fronting. Then there's going to be an original Pong machine, like a Pong pub table yep, that they're bringing yep. out, which looks 
amazing. They've got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Turtles in Time, the best arcade Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I dare say. It's beautiful. I love I, I, I've got such vivid memories of going to the fun fair and seeing it. Yeah, there's so much to love in this selection. They seem to be getting a lot of the licenses as well, which can be a good or a bad thing depending on who you ask. Um, I would much prefer it if they came out with like an all-in-one deluxe system for, say if they came out with one for a grand and it's got all of these games on with all of the control methods, I would probably go for that. Um, there we go. <laughs> apparently, yeah, sometimes when I was speaking, I was matching up to the, the woman's face. I, I, that's not <laughs> intended. <laughs> Maybe, maybe I'm reading her script. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> You're synced. <laughs> and guys, let's end the show going down memory lane. Let's end the show chatting about the Super Nintendo. Now, I, you may have seen, if you've been watching my channel for a long time, there's my Super NT there. Um, I didn't actually grow up with the Super Nintendo. Um, Neither did I. No, and uh, the reason we're bringing it up is because it's 30 years old. Ah! Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Now, it doesn't make me feel old because I don't remember when it was released. I went to a school with like 70-odd kids, roughly. The year above me only had two children in it. So we had to share our, the classroom with like a couple of years. So the years above would be being taught what we got taught and we would be, you know, learning with them and whatever else. Uh, but there was 11 kids in my year. Um, and uh, no one had a Super Nintendo. Everyone had a PC or uh, a Mega Drive or Master System. Uh, so I literally, I'm not even sure I knew it existed. Like, uh, because I was so brainwashed by Sega uh, and the Amstrad before that, I would just always just zone towards that when I went to a shop. So it's really a system that I, I, I got into retrospectively after, yeah. by the time the PlayStation had come out. Um, so I'm very interested in hearing what you guys suggest as the games that I need to be playing that are a little bit more hidden, a little bit more um, uh, 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 unknown, because uh, I've got a top 5 e type games, but they're all a little bit too obvious, I will say. Um, what about you? What are your five uh, best Super Nintendo games? Yeah, so I'm, I'm in a very similar position to you. I didn't yeah. grow up with the Super Nintendo. Uh, very few people I knew actually had one. Um, everyone was Sega on, and then later PlayStation here mm -hmm. in the UK, or at least in, in on the playground when I was a kid. And uh, it's a real shame, to be honest, because I feel like I did genuinely miss out, even if I do still prefer Sega to this day. I do appreciate that there is a lot to offer on the on the super nintendo yeah yeah um so yeah unfortunately my top five picks will be very conventional as because i generally when you go back and you play uh you play the games you go you learn you start off with what you know is good right you, what's been reviewed well what people seem to talk about all the time you start there and then you start going into the obscure stuff so i think first of out of my five uh, mm. would be super metroid of course. Yeah, that's that's but that was on my choice, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't really say no to a soundtrack <laughs> like that. The the action's just brilliant, sublime. One of the best games Nintendo has ever put out, I believe, and super playable to this day. It'll never get old, I think. For me, I tell you what, cuz 
you, you, you put yourself into two mindsets when you review games or you play old games, even ones that you've not played. You, you put yourself in the mindset of what it was like when it came out. Like, wow, this is groundbreaking. But you also got to look at it from nowadays as well. Like, is it still good? Um, and you, people just kept banging on about Super Metroid. And I almost went in there thinking, Come on, is it really going to be that good? And when I finally played it, I'm like, my God, this game is good. Like, yeah. it was such a good game. I was blown away by, like, the atmosphere, everything about that game. I was like, yeah, this is this is a... Uh, like this is such a, an incredible game brilliant absolutely yeah. brilliant i mean that's 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 a really powerful thing to note because it's not like you're dealing with hype a hype cycle it's not like the game's just coming out and you're about to play it with everyone else mm-hmm. you're talking about games that have decades worth of nostalgic and loving memories yeah when you talk about games like super metroid it's impossible not to get hyped up about it and then you are in a real impossible situation about as to whether you're going to really like it or re- really not like it because it just can't live up to that hype. So exactly. It's one of those things. You've got to be really careful when you recommend games from your childhood because chances are the games just aren't as good as you as you remember. And thankfully, Super Metroid is one of those games that transcends any of that feeling. It's genuinely good and it lives up to the mountainous expectation that's been heaped upon it over yeah. the years and we just saw turtles on there that's definitely going to be one of my choices the classic <laughs> uh turtles in time wasn't it yeah that's the one yeah uh, great game um great port on super nintendo as well surprisingly good because that was around the time where arcade games for super nintendo that's one thing sega had over nintendo is that they were able to make more arcade friendly ports mm-hmm. um Apart from maybe the likes of Street Fighter 2 and, and what have you. But, you know, things like Final Fight, we got the proper Final Fight on Mega CD. Super Nintendo had a stripped-down version with only two characters. It's well known. Um, so seeing, like, the full uh, Super Nintendo version of Teenage Mutant, uh, TMNT Turtles in Time and playing it so beautifully on Super Nintendo is, is quite something. Yeah, it really is. Really, really good game. Uh, The most obvious one, Super Mario World, um, is (laughs) probably the best 2D Mario possibly ever made. It's brilliant. Very good game. (laughs) It's it's the one I've enjoyed the most. I I didn't even touch Super Mario 3 until um, I played Super Mario World. So you can imagine, like, people are going, no, 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 Super Mario 3 is the best one, but... To me, no, it didn't have Yoshi. It didn't have any of this. It's, it was. It didn't even look anywhere near as good, or it didn't play as well as you know Super Mario World did. So to me, Super Mario World is the Mario game. Um, it is, and I, I, it's, it's interesting because when I look back at what Sega were doing with uh, uh, pushing Sonic the Hedgehog, they um, actually um, imported a Super Famicom. Uh, Got a copy of that that particular game and put it right next to um, Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, and let kids choose what they want to play. And people wanted to play Sonic the Hedgehog. Now that just proves how fucking good Sonic the Hedgehog is. Yeah. Uh, that original Sonic the Hedgehog is because obviously uh, this was in America. America, like ninety percent of the audience, I believe it was, or even maybe even more, were all for Nintendo. Uh, it was definitely the Mario state, uh, Mario country, but. Um, Oh, oh! Can I can I just cut through this? Apologies. Yeah. But 
someone's just committed a sin in the Twitch chat. Is it Michael and Towns? I need, it is Michael Towns. Uh, have you seen what he's written? I did. I was going to get to that. I'm not happy how, with him. How dare you, Michael? Um, Earthworm Jim is not better on the Super Nintendo. <laughs> it is. Uh, put yourself in timeout, young man. It I'm isn't. Just got to put that out there. Sorry, apologies. I didn't mean to no, interrupt, but no, no, no. Known. Uh, what I will say about Earthworm Jim, Earthworm Jim was created for the Mega Drive and then moved over to the Super Nintendo. The sound is better on the Mega Drive, or Genesis if you prefer. It's Everything is better about Earthworm Jim on the Mega Drive compared to the Super Nintendo. Uh, so. It even has that intestinal distress level. How dare you forget about that? <laughs> um, flying but, fish. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, but with that said, regarding Sonic versus Mario, that particular Mario game is still the very best of that particular style. It was so incredible. Um, it wasn't groundbreaking in the uh, uh, graphical jump too much compared to like what it was able to do compared to Sonic, but the it absolutely it, it's proof that Nintendo know how to completely dominate um, the, uh, uh, the the mechanics of a of a very simple game. Like it's unbelievably good. It's unbelievably good. Um, fantastic game. Um, so yeah, Super Mario World, uh, Super Metroid, Turtles in Time. Uh, I'm going to chuck a bit of Demon's Crest on there as well. I was I was blown away yes. by how, how much fun that was to play. Really enjoy playing that game. Um, I'm not sure if I've ever completed it, actually, but I really, really enjoy that game. It's one of those uh, I don't want to own that, that one day. I, I, didn't, I didn't put that on my list simply because I could never own a physical copy. Um, I think my top five is made up of the ones that I actually own um, right. and have played to played at length. Demon's Crest is something I discovered on Wii U and um, using the Virtual Console, and I deeply love that game. It's brilliant, one of Capcom's finest from the 16-bit era, and that's no no small feat. It's just really obscure. Nobody's really had the chance to play it, I guess. Demon's Blazon, I think it is in Japan. So I want to see how much that goes for because I would like to own a copy for that. I know the Demon's Crest is very expensive, but yeah, um, I've got a bit of Contra Free on there. Yeah, um, I can't love me some I'm, Contra Free. I can't say I'm the biggest fan of Contra. Uh, I never really got it, but then again, we didn't really get Contra as it's known as Contra in the, no. in the UK, did we? We got Probotector. Probotector, which is robotic versions, which features less Rambo and more. Uh, you know, virtual on, I guess. Retrospectively, I'm really happy they did that because it's quite cool to go back and see two different looking versions of a good game. Uh, Super Pro Tech Job Link it was for the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, the SNES. Yeah, something a bit different, yeah. Yeah, uh, and they're my five, uh, but Super Castlevania Four very almost made the list. Uh, it's just yeah. a bloody hard game. <laughs> so I've 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 got a few uh, still. Yeah, I'll go um, for it. Yeah. Got- yeah. So we got Kirby's Superstar or Super Fun Pack, as it was known in the UK. So mm-hmm. that was the game that made me fall in love with the concept of Kirby, like a super easy platformer that you can just whiz through and enjoy. It was, I think it was the first one that had co-op gameplay, so that was always a good laugh. And co-op games weren't easy to come by back in the 16-bit era, at least good ones. Yeah. Um, like I can only think of a few, really, but and mostly on Mega Drive, like World of Illusion. So that was a, that was a good one. Um, then you had, of course, Castlevania Four, my favourite Castlevania. Yeah, and that's that is uh, controversial considering I'm a Sega fanboy. Um, so 
yeah, you win this round, Nintendo. Then, of course, you can't talk about Super Nintendo without the Super Star Wars franchise, because while the games were crushingly difficult and I find them really hard to go back to... Yeah, I do. I do... That was one of the games that really sold me on the idea of a Super Nintendo back in the day. It was super influential, and when you hear hear those sounds coming out of a out of a cartridge based console, mm-hmm. the you know the really authentic uh, like sound effects, the music, and everything else, the speed of the gameplay, the craziness of the gameplay, it had an effect. And I thought Super Star Wars, particularly The Empire Strikes Back, was absolutely brilliant for that. Just wish it was slightly easier so I can just play through it and enjoy these days. It's very hardcore. And lastly, a really weird choice, but when I had a Turbo Graphics, I really grew to love this game in particular, and that was Super Bonk. Oh, yes. Really fun little platformer, and nobody really talks about it these days. But it's one of those just really, uh, I don't know, there's a unique feel... you don't really die in the game if you get hit. You kind of like take on a different form, and some of it was just absolutely insane in terms of graphics. The uh, the 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 general themes, like there was one level where you were going through the the gut of a dinosaur that just eaten you, and then you turn into fish. Then you go into a city which is still inside the dinosaur, and it's just really really weird. And I loved every second of it because I didn't need it explained to me. It was just fun. Um, mm-hmm. so definitely one I would recommend to anyone who hasn't tried it before and yes of course the US or the UK version was called BC Kid whereas in Japan it was a ah, bonk of course of course and there we go guys I think we've reached the end of the podcast and I've just looked up Demon's Blazon Blazon um, uh, which Blazon is the squad. <laughs> don't do that to me I hate that <laughs> Um, yeah, the Japanese version of uh, Demon's Crest, uh, you're looking about £150, probably, and, and, and higher for a boxed copy. Um, yeah. Not yeah. too good for me. Just, just want to say happy birthday, uh, Super Nintendo. Even if I wasn't a fan of you, maybe necessarily when I should have been, I was mm-hmm. on the other side of that fence. You are very much an important console in many people's lives particularly for the 16-bit era where would be we where would we be without you so absolutely and uh, i would love absolutely would love a japanese copy of wild guns as well uh that would be on my top five but the uh the updated rebooty one is so much better um like unbelievably better um if you haven't played that game on like Switch or PS4 or whatever, go and get it. It's such a good game. Reloaded, that's what's cool. Days, uh, super yeah, cheap yeah. these days on modern consoles. It's worth every penny. Go and get it done. Yeah, absolutely. Bury me with my money. Absolutely. Because if you've got the original version, which isn't quite as good, still a very good game, but not quite as good, um, uh, you're looking at, just looking up the price. Oh, no, sold items. There we go. Uh, well, unbox is 30 quid, but you're looking around 300 plus. Yeah. For a box copy, from what I remember. Yeah. yeah, this is the this is the problem with Super Nintendo games. Even back in the day, they were very expensive, and you didn't get as many released over here of like the more obscure releases. It's always the big big names 
but stuff like Wild Guns was hard to find back in the 90s and it's even worse to find it now. Absolutely. There's a game there's a game in particular that I've always wanted to play and I wanted to do it on original hardware but I might have to resort to the emulation at some point <laughs> and that is a game called Firemen um okay. which only released only released in the UK and Japan and it's uh, it's yeah it's a bit burning rangers like you play as firemen try, trying to put out fires and it looks like a lot I of know fun. this game yeah i remember seeing people play this game yeah it's uh, on a stream or something yeah ones. but if you look for a fully boxed copy it's going to cost you an absolute fortune so yeah it's a shame interesting interesting but yeah uh, i want to i want to know more about the super nintendo i really do um because uh, I, I i do love it it's uh, my favorite generation comes from my favorite generation so uh, and yeah fireman looks beautiful beautiful but there we go guys we have reached the end of the podcast thank you all so so much for hanging out tonight thank you vikeko for all your support tonight major respect to you my friend and um yeah that was a good one grizzly I think so too. What does everyone in the chat think? Let's uh, let's sound off. What did you think? Let's do it. Let's do it. But uh, thank you, see gents. What they think during that outro. Yeah, let's uh, hit that outro, and we'll uh, come back and have a ganners and what all y'all think. Here yes. we go. Thanks for listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show with myself, DJ Slope, and my co-host, Grizzly Cryden, recorded live on Twitch every single Tuesday night. If you want to listen in live, then make your way over to twitch.tv forward slash Slope's Game Room at 9pm UK time, 1pm Pacific Standard Time, and 4pm Eastern Standard Time. And as stated, if you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider supporting the show on Patreon or as a YouTube member. And finally, if you do have any news stories for us then please do feel free to drop them in the dedicated rooms over on discord at discord.gg forward slash slopes game room and until next time guys this is dj slope signing out and hopefully i'll see you all next time